Welcome to Caveman Corner with your host, Jeff. Captain Caveman, thanks. I like your new music, Ray. Oh, thank you. It's a little, uh, a little out there for us. <laughs> it's not like what Lord Willem's going to get together, I hope, for us. I hope that's a little bit better than that mess. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a hot mess. We How just, you feeling? I'm feeling uh, not too great. Yeah, you sound a little sick. I'm surprised you made it out. Yeah, I was going to cancel this. Well, I wasn't going to cancel it, but I wasn't going to be in here. How could I let you do it by yourself? Uh, I did enough by myself. I got Pat Mix by myself. I did Mr. Jiu-Jitsu. This is episode 99. I got Hackleman. We got some good guests. Hackleman. Yeah, John Hackleman, man. Uh, Chuck Liddell coach. Yeah. We're going to get into that in a minute. Let's go over to UFC real quick. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Of course you didn't, dude. You're, <laughs> you're, host of, you're the producer and co-host of a MMA podcast, and you don't see any of these. I've been cheap lately. I don't want to pay the fifty dollars. All right. So your eye favor fought Peter Yan. Didn't go so good for your eye. I thought the fight was stopped a little bit early. Peter Yan won uh, TKO. Okay. Rye, uh looked all right. He looked a little bit old. He was a little bit scared to engage. Jose Aldo fought Marlon Morales at one one thirty five. Yeah. Oh my god, he looked like a crackhead. Yeah, he looked great in the fight though. It was probably yeah, I, the best I, I've seen him fight actually in a long time. A lot of people felt he won that fight. I didn't see it. So. I uh, I don't think he won the fight, but I thought he was really close and he looked really really good. Marlon was just tagging him up a little bit too much for him, I thought. Uh, then Amanda News had a, a really big scare against Jermaine D. Randomin, uh, Randomai, Randomay. dude. But she looks like a giant, like a Sasquatch kind of looking chick. <laughs> She's so tall. Uh, Nunez was dominated pretty much for five rounds, but uh, sometime I think in the third she got stuck in a triangle and it was tight there for a minute. And uh, Jermaine lumped her up a little bit a couple times on the feet. Now Nunez, uh, has she been really tested with the groundwork? Um, she was much had- much better than uh, Jermaine. So okay, yeah, she was tested in this fight and she was dominant in this okay. fight. So. Like, I, never, I, never, I, never see, I never saw her ground game, really. I just had her stand up and, and knocking people out. Yeah, she's a pretty legitimate uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She looked great on the ground. She smoked her. She got caught a little bit, taking it easy. She got caught in a triangle, and uh, she got out, and she smashed her some more. Uh, <laughs> it was a good fight, good good uh, test. Hopefully, she put some more naked pictures up with her belts all over her. <laughs> she came out with her girlfriend. Usually, when you come out with your girlfriend, you lose, but she's putting an end to that stereotype. <laughs> Yeah. Max Holloway fought Alexander Volkonsky. Volkonsky? Volkonovsky. And uh, sorry, I have our time with these uh, Russian names. He's not even Russian, by the way. I thought he was Russian, so I bet everything I had on him. He won, beat Holloway. It was a decision. It was pretty close, but he definitely won. Okay. It was a great fight. Holloway's been a great champion, but too many leg kicks. He got eaten up. His legs got chewed up. Oh, wow. Got to check the kicks. Yep. Got to check the kicks. And the main event, Usman and Covington. Usman broke his jaw in the third round and stopped him in the fifth round. Although, I think it was a little bit early of a stop. Covington complained about the stop. I kind of agree with him. There was a, um, a groin shot that they stopped a little bit early, too. I don't think it really landed on the groin. Um, the eye poke, he definitely poked him in the eye, so I don't know. This this guy is like a professional wrestler. In Covington? Yeah. Yeah, he is kind of like a professional wrestler. But, dude, he fought through two hard rounds with Usman with a broken jaw. He proved his metal, dude. He, he's he's no, tough no, dude. no doubt he's tough. You know, a lot of people hate him. Everybody wants him to lose. I've seen that all on Facebook. But yeah. A lot of people have to get his man. jaw listen, broke. Listen, the guy is a right. true fighter. And uh, 
You know, he's promoting himself. He, you know, he's promoting his fights. He gonna get people angry. That's the way. You know, some people got that style. They get people angry when they promote their fights. You know. Yeah, he was about to be cut from the UFC. Started talking a bunch of shit. Now he's fighting for the title. Yep. You know, that's what it takes sometimes to get ahead. As horrible as that sounds. So when you come back uh, to fight, Kate, man, you gonna have a make make America great hat on? <laughs> uh, I don't need to talk no shit, dude. I'm uh. I just fucking. I'm too you. old. I'm just gonna come back and beat somebody up one more time. You will come in with your K-Man club. Yeah, and then uh, this will be 25 years of fight. If I fight uh, in 2020, it'll be 25 years of fighting. Let's get you an easy fight. Let's get you uh, Mickey Gaskin. I'll fight Mickey. I'll fight. Uh, I'll fight Gearheart. <laughs> Give me Gearheart or uh, one of those other crazy fucks that suck real bad. And <laughs> oh, I'll oh, oh Morrison, please. Yeah, get, I couldn't think of his name. Morrison. Give me Morrison. Yeah, get, beat him up for me because yeah. he's talking crap to me. Or Al- Alex uh, Carroll. I'll take care, take out Alex <laughs> Carroll at heavyweight. <laughs> Alex Carroll make his pro debut. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fuck him up. <laughs> fuck him up at heavyweight. Oh, man. And I, I'll weigh like 160. <laughs> You go get my diet, Burger King yeah. diet. <laughs> I'm gonna be on. I get you diet. back. I get you. I get you heavy cake. Yeah, you, I'm sure you can help that. Mr. Jiu Jitsu uh, had a little bit to say about you. So if oh, you yeah. haven't listened to Mr. Jiu Jitsu podcast, listen to it. It's a really good one, and uh, we make fun of Ray at the end. Yeah, Mr. Jiu Jitsu. It's like all his videos I see on Facebook and social media. It's like he's talking about me. All right. Well, let's let's give our guest a call and see what we got going on. Hopefully, uh, he's ready for us. All right, we got John Hackman. <laughs> yeah, we got John Hackleman on K-Man's Corner. Welcome. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. A lot of news lately. Uh, UFC just happened. Uh, Chuck Liddell just yeah. fought a little while ago. Uh, before we get into too yeah. much stuff, I got to ask about that. Why uh, Why weren't you guys together for that fight, man? Uh, uh, we weren't seeing eye to eye on some things uh, going into that fight, like mainly going into that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it just wasn't something I, I, I really wanted to happen. So, I don't know. I mean, I told him, I mean, I think me being against it, you know, and then uh, um, I told him, if you really need me there, you know, I'll be there, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't agree with it at all. I don't think it's a good move at all. And, and with that attitude, you know, I wouldn't want me in my corner either <laughs> being that, you know, I was I was that against it. And I didn't really see eye to eye on it. And his, I think his wife was trying to uh, act as his manager. So I, I didn't really like dealing with anybody. I've never, de- you know, I dealt with every one of his other fights. And I've always been the guy, you know. Right. But I'm, I'm not going to be, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go in and, and go in in that in that capacity so we just didn't see eye to eye on a few things and um i didn't you know i i thought the fight was completely un un uh unnecessary what did you that's why what did you think about his performance do you think he had some kind of back injury it looked like his thoracic spine was so locked up like he couldn't even move even just hitting pads and coming out to the cage yeah I, i i don't know he um yeah, I don't know. He he looked. I I heard he did some kind of crazy stuff, and you know, I don't know. He his his like I said, his wife uh, was kind of in charge of everything, and uh, I didn't really you know get that involved. I, I said I'll be here for you if you need me. Um, I, I I offered to go down there if he needed anything, but um, like I said, with me being this against it, I think he. He realized, you know, he, you know, that 
I probably wouldn't be the best one to be working with him, with him for this fight, even though I would have been in the long, you know, <laughs> now that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, whatever. Right. Yeah, that, that, I, I, you know, I wish, I wish him the best. Yeah, that, um, me, for me, being a Chuck Liddell fan, um, that was hard to watch, that fight. It was kind of, yeah, it, yeah. was, it was very hard. I'm, yeah, yeah, so me, me being his, uh, you know, his number one trainer uh, for 20-some years, you can imagine how it was for me. Right, for sure. And I was going to say that the saddest part about that fight for me, uh, I didn't think he should come back and fight Tito. And, I mean, he smoked Tito a couple of times. He doesn't need to really come back and, and lose now that he's not at his best. But the, the saddest part for me is that you weren't there with him. And uh, I've been through the fight game for yeah. a long time. And sometimes when you see that happen, it's, it's the saddest thing that can ever happen, you know? Yeah, I didn't like it. Tito, Tito mentioned it. You know, Tito mentioned it. He said, uh, you know, John should have been in his corner. He, he, Tito said he thought he would have done better if I was in his corner. <laughs> I don't so, doubt it, man. You're a very good coach. Let's uh, go back yeah, to some happier times, man. How did you guys all get yeah. together? How did you guys come together? Wow, and, wow. and how did uh, the pit get going, really? Well, they're two separate things. Do you want to talk the pit or Chuck? Uh, like how you guys got together. How I met Chuck. Yeah, how you met Chuck and how you guys started training together and how that formed into like the manager that you became and the trainer. What? Um, hey, what, what are you doing in here? Um, well, um, I don't remember the year. Like 2000. Why don't you just take the whole thing off? The, the, like 2002, uh, no, not 2002, <laughs> 92. <laughs> All right, that like, sounds better. <laughs> 90, yeah, like 92 or 93, um, some guy that was working with him um, didn't like my, I just moved into town, and he was going to Cal Poly, and, and I started training people on my backyard, uh, which I was doing in L.A. too. And it got kind of popular pretty quick because we were, you know, training. And it was kind of a rough, we kind of had a rough at it, you know, rough uh, reputation. <laughs> and Chuck's buddy didn't didn't like it because I guess he had a little school in San Luis, so he set up a fight between me and Chuck because Chuck was his number one guy. So he thought Chuck would, you know, I don't know, I guess he, like put me in my place or whatever so i said okay let's do it so we planned it and uh, me and chuck went at it and uh um right after that was done chuck asked me to start training him um and i did and so i was training him ever since showed up in my uh he showed up in my backyard gym the next day and we started training together and we trained together ever since till the last real fight of his career so you got the best of them huh <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 but I mean, to be honest, it's just because, you know, I had been doing that kind of fighting longer, and he was, you know, he was a wrestler at Cal Poly, and uh, he did some traditional karate, but he wasn't used to, like, real fighting, I mean, real, you know, like, at that level, um, but he picked it up pretty quick. What kind of uh, ground training yeah. did you have at the time? Um, just, uh, basic Kaja Kempo stuff, which wasn't much. So it was like, uh, um, basic take, we started doing some basic takedown defense early. Um, just because, uh, 
when I opened the pit in 85, which I opened it in L.A., um, I realized real fast that um, if guys came in off the street, you know, because they heard you did, like, freestyle sparring, a lot of guys, as soon as they got hit, um, they just wanted to go, whether they were a wrestler, a football player, or, or anything, they just wanted to get off their feet and go to the ground. So you kind of developed and, your own... Is, you kind of developed yeah, your own style yeah. then, man. So that's even better. Like in true combat, yeah. just like the Gracies did. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we had to go over that real quick because I realized that I wasn't really uh, um, as effective when I was you know, on my back. So I worked a lot on that. And then over the years, um, you know, since I got kind of well-known for punching power and other things like that, uh, a lot of uh, grappling guys would come to me and I, you know, instead of charging them, I would just like, I'll trade you, bro. You teach me some, you know, this takedown defense or this uh, ground escape or this submission defense. You know, almost everything I wanted to learn was how to either avoid getting taken down or get back up after I hit the ground on my back. So, you know, I, I would work with guys like Caesar Gracie, you know, Dan, Dan, uh, you know, even Dan Henderson, Matt Linland, Sammy Henson, you know, some of the best, uh, best jujitsu and wrestling guys in the world, you know, and I would ask them like, all right, all I want to learn is this and I'll teach you how to throw a better left hook, you know? Right. So that's kind of, that's kind of how we, we got, got uh, proficient at uh, takedown defense and escaping and, and getting back on our feet. Would you say that the Chuck Liddell style, when he was in his prime, knocking people out in UFC, sprawling, brawling, is your ideal, um, what the fighting should be in uh, MMA? Uh, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, um, I think for the street, it's the most effective without a doubt. You have to learn uh, takedown defense and you have to learn escapes from the bottom or you're striking, you're, you're, you know, you know, you're not a really a martial artist, you're a partial artist, you know? Right. Um, so you're just kind of, you're just kind of half a martial artist. Or on the other side of that, if you just learn jujitsu and you don't learn striking um, and take down, takedowns and, and uh, um, you're a partial artist. And if you're a wrestler and you don't learn submission defense and striking, you're a part, you have to learn them all. And, and and they've learned we've learned over the years, you know, thanks to mainly the Gracies, to tell you the truth, um, that all three of those aspects are equally as important. And anyone that thinks they're not gets beaten uh, really uh, easily. You know, they can make it on the lower if they're really, really, really good at one thing, they might be able to kind of make it a little bit. But at the top, nobody can make it at the top level without being a very proficient striker, um, wrestler, and jiu-jitsu practitioner. I like that. When you sit back and reflect on what happened, do you realize how much of an impact that you and Chuck had on the mixed martial arts uh, trajectory? The way that fighting was gone has become like Chuck Liddell style. Sprawling, keeping on the feet, heavy power shots, knockouts. The MMA landscape totally changed when you guys came on the scene and Chuck really started making waves. 
Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really think about it like that that much, but I definitely realized it when we were. Uh, I mean, it went from you know, it went from sleeping on my couch to uh, to taking a private plane to Japan. <laughs> so I realized that something was uh, something was changing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and, you know, that's you know, I'm just a martial arts guy, uh, mainly for the street. And, and uh, the 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 whole UFC thing um, is just a byproduct, and it's a it's a hobby of mine. Uh, but you know, so everything I do, even MMA stuff, is directed towards learning more from my students that want to protect themselves in the street. How much is uh, the fame and the money that Chuck made had an impact on your life? Did you? make a decent amount of money are you a set now what what are you doing now um it, it definitely it didn't uh it didn't really change like because uh um um you know i'm a registered nurse i was making pretty good money um, um <laughs> I, I had a couple houses and i was living pretty good um i could pretty much do what i want um but it, the fame the fame kind of hit me. Um, it kind of, it, it actually kind of hurt my business um, uh, because um, just because it got really popular, you know, and people would recognize us and recognize me and recognize my gym. So not as many people want to train there because more, most of the people that train in my gym are family guys and kids and people that just want to work out and learn self-defense. And then, all of a sudden, I got blown up, knowing oh, UFC this and blood and guts and cages and tap out and and you know, so it, it kind of turned a lot of people off, families off to my gym, because they didn't want their kids to, you know, be cage fighters and 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 adults that wanted to learn regular martial arts, they didn't want to come in because they didn't want they they would thought that all the guys at my gym were like Chuck Liddell and they would get their ass whooped. So <laughs> they would go to the gym, they would go to the gym down the street or the other karate schools in town because, you know, they were softer, you know? So, um, it kind of hurt my reputation, uh, as, as a martial arts instructor. Um, but then it helped my reputation as a fight trainer. And, and then the, the more educated people in martial arts realized that we were more about, you know, we we're a martial arts school, and I just happened to be uh, a, an MMA UFC trainer on the side. So, kind of, it, it, you know, it kind of gave me some, but then it took some away. So, I don't know. It, it, it was what it was. I can't change it. And uh, Chuck is nothing but a brother to me, and um, he's a family member. Um, so I would never, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Did you get a lot of? Uh request to have you be the someone's training uh, coach or yeah. from a lot of the yeah. uh, other UFC guys and how did you feel about that and did that cause any problems between you and Chuck oh, I didn't cause problems I just I, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't have the um, I didn't have the setup for it or the desire for it so I would you know just I would say no and um, and a lot of those guys come back uh I have a I have one guy that actually won 
some title in the UFC. And he came back to me, and I was like, I was talking to him at a fight. I don't want to mention him, but he was like fucking dog. He was dogging me because he he asked me to train him, and I was like, bro, I don't I don't have the room. You know, I don't want to take on a bunch of fighters, so I didn't train him, and he ended up winning a world title. And he was like dogging me about it, but I, I just you know it was all about Chuck, you know, and then. And then I got some other fighters that I fell in love with, like Glover and Court McGee and Ramsey Ninjum and Tim Kennedy, you know, and uh, they became like family to me. So I would train those guys because I loved them. I didn't want to take like new guys. Um, you know, I met Court and, and Ramsey at the Ultimate Fighter. I met Glover because he fought one of my guys. So they all had, you know, I, I met them, you know, so and then we became friends and Glover was Chuck's training partner so I mean I just wasn't into a big school I didn't want to be like American Top Team or AKA or Jackson's I wanted to be a martial arts school and that's a family martial arts school and that's where I still am you know and I still have some fighters I still work with Glover um, I work with Court Ramsey uh, and I have a couple of fighters that I'm bringing up because they've been with me since they're like four or five years old and now they want to fight. So I can't, I can't, you know, say no to them, but after, after they're done, I'm not going to ever take on any more fighters. I like that, man. That says a lot about your personality and your loyalty to your yeah. teammates. Oh yeah. It's, it's a family. The gym's a family gym. Like, and all my fighters are belts under me. They have, they're in my system. Even court McGee, Glover, Ramsey, they're all black belts under me, and they we run, I run I run my fight practices like like a like a class like a like a just like my um you know my martial arts class. It's not like we're not forty thousand square feet with a hundred fighters like you know whatever. We don't have like infighting like this guy hates this guy and you know this guy backstabs this guy. It's nothing like that. The pit is a family gym. Always has been, always will be. We put family first, and uh, and that's the way it is. And that's one reason we're a close knit group. We had a we had like a ninety five percent win rate, you know. And uh, um, we do pretty good, but uh, we keep it. We try to keep it family. I like the sound of that. Um, I've heard a lot that the pit training was really, really intense. And does that family atmosphere help everyone get through it? How intense were your workouts really there at the pit? Uh, we're pretty intense. Like, I guess uh, even uh, Joe Rogan talks about how you know how intense they are and how in shape all my all my guys are always in shape. Even my regular students, even my regular students that have nothing don't never want to fight in a cage. They just want to train to get their next belts. I put them through a lot, and my black belt tests are known all over the world. You know, and uh, my guys, I, you know, martial arts is equal parts, equal parts of striking, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and, and physical conditioning. And without any four of those, like I said, you're a partial art. It's not a martial art. And if you, you know, a street fight, even more than a cage fight, okay, uh, a street fight, even more than a cage fight, takes extreme, extreme conditioning. Um, and and I, I realize that, but a lot of schools don't. A lot of martial arts schools don't stress conditioning, and then they teach techniques, 
and then their guy gets jumped in the <laughs> their guy gets jumped in the street and, and they're gonna run out of gas in three you know thirty seconds and then they're gonna lose the fight because uh, because they're out of out of shape and they're gonna look like a fool in front of their wife and the wife's gonna fuck their neighbor. <laughs> K man looked at me and he said, "That's me. I'm out of shape." I was pointing right at Ray when when you were saying that thirty seconds are gonna gas out. <laughs> thirty seconds, man. That's why we push anaerobic, extreme, intense training from our regular students. I'm talking like I got a orthopedic surgeons, pediatricians, cops, lawyers, nurses, doctors. They have to train just like my fight team, all except for the uh, um, the, the the double training. Like you know, my fight team usually trains twice a day, um, but my my regular classes are run just like my fight team and vice versa. Wow, I like the sound of that. And Ray sounds like he could use some of that, by the way. He's, uh, <laughs> Listen, I bought the DV, I bought the pit workout DVD. You're, who's in bad shape? Ray is. Ray I is. <laughs> Ray, let me just say, are you married, Ray? Uh, No. You might as well be married. <laughs> okay. do, do you have a girlfriend? Yes. Well, let me just say something. If you're out to dinner with her and some guy threatens you and jumps you and you run out of gas in that fight and you get the shit kicked out of you in front of your beautiful girlfriend, she will fuck your neighbor. <laughs> don't you don't you know that? That's one reason that's one reason alpha males have to stay in shape. Okay, listen, I bought your DVD, I'm gonna get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I, I actually I, illegally I have, burned your DVD, but I have it as well. I know I, I have guys the same I'm not getting I don't know where you're buying them because a lot of guys bought them and told me about it. I made him with this guy, and he was kind of not the, not the most ethical guy in the world. <laughs> this guy's buying, selling my DVD all over. I don't get a penny for that, any of them. Oh, I'm oh, glad man. I burned it then. <laughs> I bought it from Amazon. <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't, yeah, I don't, it wasn't for me, but I mean, it doesn't. Do you, do you, um, get in shape. It, do you sell them? Is there a way for people to buy them off of you? Uh, no, I don't sell them. I didn't have them. Damn. I have like, I, to be honest, I we made a bunch, and I have like, I probably have like twenty at the gym, but I don't sell them. Somebody else does. I don't, and I don't give a shit to tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm good. I, I'm good. If people are buying them and they're getting in shape, I'm that's 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 worth it to me. I don't, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm good. I'm blessed in my life right now. I thank God every day I wake up because of uh, because of the way I'm comfortable, you know, and 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 I'm I'm healthy. And my life is is like the dream come true. Uh, little shit like that, like I, it doesn't ever bother me. Well, since uh, you're not making any money off the DVD, I have a lot of training questions. Then you guys never get tired. What do you put your guys through that they don't get tired? You said anaerobic and, and aerobic <laughs> conditioning, but what what exactly are you having these guys do that they're in such good shape? Yeah, it's, it's, that's like there's so much shit that we. I I just. I just I get creative with my workouts. Someday I, I get I just get a mood, and everything changes. Nothing's uh, nothing's planned out because because a lot of places plan out workouts: arm day, leg day, this day, that day. In a fight, you don't plan anything out. So I try to plan everything around no plans because during a fight, a, it's so much 
chaos, nothing's planned, and, and you can't have any plans because they always change. So I just come up with shit every day. You know, every day I go to the gym, it's something new. It's just whatever's making them, you can make people like, I can just say, go on the bag and just punch the bag as hard as you can 10 times and then do, you know, and then do 10 burpees and then you got to do it in this amount of time. And next thing you know, after like the second set, people are starting to get really tired. When you, when you combine burpees with anything, they get exhausted. When you compare, when you, when you, uh, uh, when you mix like wall ball with a, with a medicine ball and anything else, they're going to get exhausted. Anytime they go on the ground and get back up and do stuff on the ground and, get, and then standing again, if you make them do it over and over and over again at a fast pace, they're going to get exhausted. You make them drop to the ground, get up, do this, you know, escape the mount. It just, I just come up with shit every day and I just yell at them. <laughs> That's it. That's amazing. That's that... it. And I, and I remind them that, uh, that, that if they don't do what I tell them and if they don't push it really, really, really hard and if they don't get in great shape and if they get tired, the girlfriend won't give them a blowjob when they get home. <laughs> That's pretty good oh, motivation. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, man. They, they train so much harder when I tell them that. It just all of a sudden they're like fucking going a thousand miles an hour. Anyway, it's, it's, it's R-rated. Now that, that's all right. Our podcast is R-rated all the time. We got Ray here. Yeah, he, he's so oh, fat. Shit. He makes it R-rated. Sorry, Ray. Oh damn. Uh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. He's so fat. He's getting boobs. Wait, we gotta get. We gotta get Ray. But let me just say some. Looks mean nothing. Look at look at Ray uh, Roy Nelson. Roy, Roy Nelson was one of the most hardcore conditioned guys in the UFC. I don't care. I've seen guys with six-pack. Look at Francis Nagano gassed out after the second round. Roy Nelson could go five rounds nonstop, and his gut hung over his shorts. <laughs> so, Ray, there is, there is hope for you. Uh, Ray used to be a svelte 205-er. Right now he's walking about 265. He'd probably throw 10 leg kicks and he'd be exhausted. <laughs> I gotta, you got to start coming to the gym again, man. We're, even Hackleman's getting on you. Mr. Jiu-Jitsu's getting on you. you got to train, man. <laughs> Where, are you? Where are you guys located? We're in Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York? Yeah, Buffalo, New York. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's why Ray's fat because it's winter right now. He doesn't want to go outside. It's like minus 10 degrees out. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. Ray only works out in the summertime. <laughs> Ray only works out when it's nice out. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna start wow. getting. I'm gonna start wow. getting back in shape. I'm gonna start working out again. All right. So back to your condition. Why would, why would you get out of shape in the first place? Uh, uh, had a son, and then I had a. Uh, <laughs> you had the son. Oh my god! That doesn't even work when it's the female having the kid out of her vagina. No, no, but uh, I, I was just, I was, I was, I, I was. I, listen, I had to make money. I was working two jobs, and it was just hard. And then, and then I started eating like a pig. Uh. That that's the reason right there. 
all that other shit was just shit. But that was the reason. You started eating you started eating too much. That's that's the only way people nobody works too many hours to not train. I'll I will give ten thousand dollars to anyone that can give me their schedule that honestly doesn't have enough time to get into shape. I can I'll guarantee you you do. It's it's one thing. It's it's just your priority. And your diet, Ray. You're not in bad shape, but you, your, you eat what terrible. What about your What about your your soon, maybe soon to be wife? What I mean, doesn't she like look at you and just say, "Bro, what the fuck you doing here, bro? Get the fucking shape." Is, I mean, she's probably in good shape, right? Yeah, she's in better shape than me. She he's got to say that. I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> I said he's gotta say that. She worked out more than me. She, goes she does work out more than you. Yeah. You work out harder though. Yeah. I put Ray on the mitts the other know, day. Bro. He wasn't too bad. His cardio's a little lacking, but he's still strong. Still hits hard. Still kicks good. <laughs> Getting back to training fighters. Um, how hard do you think guys should spar all the time? I mean, you guys are known to be pretty roughneck. But uh, there's a lot of debate now how hard, how hard and how often guys should be sparring in the gym. What do you think about that? I, it depends on the sparring. I don't. To be honest, now, um, um, I don't think anyone has to get hit in the head more than um, I, I go on percentages. I don't let my guys spar. 90, okay, this is 90, 98% of the time. That's a lot of the time. That's almost all the time. I don't let my guys spar with headshots more than 2.5% uh, to the head. So, so maybe like once every, once a week or once every couple weeks? No, or? no, they spar, they spar, uh, they spar, you know, three or four times a week, but I don't let them do headshots harder than, you know, two, two and a half percent. Oh, okay. I, I, I was misunderstanding what you were saying. I thought you were saying that 98% of the time you're not sparring, but you're saying you're sparring at like 2% damage to the head when you're, when right. you're sparring. Then, okay. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, um, and then they drill more than they spar. I mean, almost everything for every five, say every five minutes, one minute is freestyle and the other four minutes are drilling specific techniques over and over and over and over again they're so bored with the shit it's just like they just hate it but i don't care <laughs> and, and and our win rate our our win percentage has actually come up so whatever we're doing is working pretty good so i'm going to keep doing it this way we used to beat the shit out of each other just like i mean it was just it was like beat the shit out of each other all the time and so when I started training this way, you know, I thought we'd take a big, you know, we would see big losses at the fight and we won't be as successful anymore. But to be honest, we're more successful this way than the other way. And there's less injuries and my guys can probably not get as punch drunk. So it's a win-win. Were you, uh, I, I don't know how to ask this gently, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Were you partying with Chuck, or did Chuck's partying ever affect the way that you guys got together and trained? Because I heard he is a serious party animal. Yeah, that's what I heard, too, and I'm not. I've never, I'm 60 years old. I've never been drunk yet. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm the opposite of a party guy. 
And Chuck, knowing that, um, and he knows how I feel about partying, so whatever he used to do was very well hidden from me. Man, so I never, we never, we never partied together. Not one. I never, like I said, I've never been drunk. So you, he never came in. You never had a hard time with him, like taking a liver shot and going down or something because he's out all night. Nothing. Nah. That's awesome. I've heard, I've heard stuff, and I've heard uh, like people would say, like I get calls, like, uh, "Hey, Chuck, we saw Chuck last night. I just want to let you know." Or, and I, I just, uh, um. You know, I start off talking to him like a grown man about it, and uh, and I, I realize that that's his. That's you know, I'm not his. Uh, I don't know, I'm not him. You know, he got to do what he wants to do, and and if he wants to do that, he knows how I feel about it, and he knows you know my take on it, and so he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Nobody can control someone else. I mean, like you know, Jackson, they can't. He can't control what Jones does. You know? um, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, you, know, you just can't. <laughs> yeah, you just you just can't. And even though I was a lot closer with Chuck, um, you know, just like my own kid, you know, they, I can't control what they're gonna do when they're adults. You know. Well, I think that says a lot because I, these stories must be overblown. If he, it's not affecting his training when you guys are are training, he can't be partying as hard as everyone said he was at the time because there's no way he could train like that if I, he's out partying all night. I don't think that's true. There's some. I mean, you look at like some of these. Dutch fighters, these Dutch kickboxers back in the day, that's they were well known. Like they were fucking world famous. Someone would do like fucking heroin and shit. And they were out there <laughs> killing each other every day. You know, so they're people so fucking tough that I mean to me that's a whole different level of tough. That could party all night and fucking train like a train like a fucking brute the next day. And so I'm not saying he did or didn't. But I'm saying just because he was training hard doesn't mean he did. But I, I'm definitely not saying he did. I'm just saying that's not proof that he did. Like I said, I've seen these Dutch guys uh, partying like fucking rock stars, you know, all night and training like a fool the next day. So. <laughs> I like that. You're sounding kind of lawyery too, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um <laughs> How much weight training do you, did you guys do? Because uh, Chuck never looked like he was like ripped, but he always seemed like he was super, super strong in the cage. How much of that was like strength and conditioning yeah. training? How much weights do you guys lift? What what goes on with uh, strength training? Yeah, we do about as much as anyone else. I mean, you look at guys like uh, uh, Glover. I mean, Glover. Well, Glover was a lot more cut. Now he's like he's forty and he's still really in good shape. Yeah, he's pretty Court ripped McGee. up. Yeah, Court McGee. It, Court McGee is a freak when it comes to training and, and lifting. And he can deadlift like 700 pounds, and uh, um, it's crazy. But I don't push weightlifting. We do a lot of dumbbell stuff. Like, we have specific workouts with dumbbells and kettlebells. I don't do any, um, I don't do any barbell stuff. We do a lot of medicine balls, even heavy medicine balls, like, uh, you know, 100-pound medicine balls. We do drills. We do uh, wheelbarrows with like, you know, 300, 400 pounds in it. So we push weights. Right. We just don't do like, like Olympic lifts. Uh, Glover does a lot of Olympic lifts and so does Court McGee on his own. He loves it. Um, but but for what I train my guys and when they're in my camp, there's a lot of wheelbarrow, a lot of heavy, uh, a lot of heavy uh, medicine balls and a lot of uh, 
dumbbells. Sounds like the guys that like to lift like blowjobs more. Got to look good for their ladies. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, or in some cases maybe if maybe giving them. I don't. Even <laughs> know. Oh. I don't no, it's not my. I don't judge. We're a gay friend. No, we're a gay. We're a gay fe- uh, friendly gym. You know, I whatever my guys want to do. You know, I just I don't uh, I don't judge. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And that goes for Ray. T- that goes for Ray too. You can, oh, damn. You can judge Ray. We're in a, a very oh. judging zone here. We're kind of yeah. like Buffalo's not. We're like still in the '60s, so we judge people here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fat Puerto Ricans. We make fun of them all day. Oh, uh, <laughs> I will get back in shape, K man. I swear. To I'm God. gonna tease you until you get back in shape. That like it's coming from my heart, man. I want to see you get better again. I will. Yeah. When you were training for that fight, dude, you yeah, looked so good. Like- Sorry, John. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. What were you saying? <clears throat> no, it's just there's no there's no downside to training. Yeah, it's it's great for you. It makes yeah. you feel good. Ladies like it. Yeah, when I train, I feel energized yeah. all day. Like like if I train in the morning yeah. and then I go to work at night, I feel energized. It's the, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, there's no downside to it. Like uh, you you can defend your life better. You can defend your wife better. And you look better at the beach. What's the downside to it? You know what I mean? Nothing like that. You said you're in your 60s. How much? You guys do you... don't even have a beach. We have a beach, bro. <laughs> Just cover with snow. We got, we got a lake. Doing... We got a lake. We beach. got a lake. We got a lake Erie. <laughs> a lake. Yeah. It might be polluted, but it's like a. It's like a. It's like a beach light. It's like fucking. It's like a. It's not. It's not a real. Oh my god. It's like. I don't know. I don't. Know. I can't even compare it. I was trying. I was gonna compare it with like softball. It's like it's like the softball of baseball. Yeah, you know, kinda. Like comparing softball to. But anyway, that's all right. No judgment here. No we judgment. we have a lot of rocks in our but beaches, anyway. and it gets snow and ice. Our our lake freezes, so when you go to the beach in the wintertime, it's ice. You go ice fishing. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> what a lifestyle! What a lifestyle! You- but I would say at least you have better politics in California, but you really don't. No, we, no, don't. we don't. We're we don't. got New York City. Listen, the only thing we got over here is chicken wings. Yeah, yeah we do got chicken wings. You can't fuck with our chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Ray's fat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the reason <laughs> I'm fat. Wait, chicken wings? Yeah, chicken wings. Buff- buffalo chicken wings. wings. You mean like... Deep fried chicken oh, wings with okay. sauce on. Buffalo, oh, they're bu- so good. Buffalo sauce on it. Yeah. Hot and spicy. And Puerto Ricans eat that? Yeah, I guess. Ray eats that. Puerto Ricans eat that? Yep. And Buffalo, everyone eats it. And everybody in Buffalo eat it. <laughs> White people eat what's it here. A, what's a Puerto Rican food? like? Oh, uh, what? Uh, roast pork. Uh, they got the roast pork, um, rice and beans, and... Um, you're a bad Puerto Rican. You so can't. Every, you got like, like two every, off the top like, of your head. What was that, John? That's like a me- like Mexican. That's like Mexicans, Dominicans, mm-hmm. like all Latin people eat rice and beans. Is that <laughs> like a? That's like. All right. That's different <laughs> from a Mexican. Hey, and a Puerto the Mexicans Rican. make their good tacos. They yeah. do make good tacos. No, no, but what's the difference if it comes to diet? What would be like? So there's this tacos, tacos, burritos, and enchiladas. What would be three top uh, Puerto Rican dishes? 
Rice and beans for sure. They always eat rice and beans. Um, chick fried chicken and uh, roast pork and fried bananas. Fried chicken, fried chicken. You're 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 you're, uh, you're mixing up your your cultures. <laughs> well, they they they. That, that's they, a Puerto Rican thing. They like fried chicken, yeah. But they it's a little different from wow. uh. They don't put that uh. They don't dip it in a flour or nothing like that and put a. Uh, you gotta describe a little bit better than that, Ray. What? So how do you fry? What do you fry it in? We fry it, but no, we don't dip the chicken. You know how they dip it yeah, with yeah. flour. So and, you don't have like a, a base on yeah, it. No base on it. No. So you just fry it and yep. you eat it like we season it with uh, uh, garlic, pepper. Um, we season it real good and we just fry it. You know. That sounds a lot better than a shake I'm gonna have for dinner tonight. <laughs> All right, so that's okay. All right, uh, I just never heard because we don't have any Puerto Ricans here in uh, in California. What part of California are you at, sir? We're in the we're in Central California. We're we're in between uh, L.A. and San Francisco. I just never. I don't think I've ever met a uh, a Puerto Rican. Uh, it's a few Puerto Ricans out there. Not too much. I had a a, a cousin out there in uh, Los Angeles. It's more mostly Mexicans out there. I'm originally from New York Mexican, City. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you're Puerto Rican, though. <laughs> 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 no, I just never, no, I never met any. They're all, they're all Mexicans here, and uh, yeah, I guess Puerto Ricans in New York, Dominicans in, uh, there's a lot of Dominicans too, right? Yep, in New York, yeah. Yeah, we're a lot who, of Dominicans. Who's the best Dominican? Who is the best Dominican boxer you guys ever remember? Um, being Puerto Rican, we don't care about them. We like our own Puerto Rican boxer. Okay. Okay. Who is the best? Who is the best Puerto Rican boxer? Uh, Miguel Cotto. Uh, Felix Trinidad. Okay. Uh, Who I was the youngest Puerto Rican champion. Um, Miguel Cotto. Uh, no, not Miguel Cotto. He was the youngest. No. He was uh, seventeen when he won the world title. Wait, is Wilfredo it Wilfredo Benitez? Wait, is that the guy uh was trained? Wilfredo Benitez. He's telling you, man. He's oh, telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilfredo Benitez. Okay. Right here. Wilfredo Benitez. New York yeah, City man. too. I was gonna, from Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Yo, I was gonna ask, was he training under um American born Puerto Rican? Former professional boxer. So no, he, he wasn't. He was. I'm looking up no, on. He wasn't. He Google it. I Google it. <laughs> he, was, he like barely spoke English. He was like Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. Yeah, but <laughs> in New York they all speak Puerto. They yeah. all speak Spanish out there. Yeah, <laughs> they born in. Uh, I was the lucky one. I spoke English when I was a little kid, but uh, they all speak Spanish out there. Even they living out there. <laughs> I remember he got interviewed after his fights, and I, he, he, I don't think he spoke English. Hmm. He was he was born in America. New York City, U.S. Wilford uh, wow. Wilford Bernitez is an American-born Puerto Rican former professional boxer and youngest world champion in the sport's history. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, that's weird. And his dad was his trainer for a while. Yeah. Anyway, what else we got? What else? What else we gonna talk about, guys? Wait, let me ask you something. Who's your favorite boxer of all? Who's your favorite boxer of all time? Uh, Pepino Cuevas. Damn. He's a Mexican. Uh, he was a Mexican welterweight uh, back in the 70s. And uh, he had the best left hook of all time, I think. Mm. And do you think Pepino left Cuevas. 
Do you think the left hook's the best punch? That's like the third time you've talked about it. It's the best punch without a doubt. There's no, there's nothing even close to the second best. It's the best, it's the best strike in all of uh, martial arts. Let me ask you something. Without a doubt. If you had Mike Tyson in his prime, could you make him a great MMA fighter? If you had him in his prime and you had time to train yes. him. Yes, without, without a doubt, without a doubt. You think you could control without him? Without a doubt. He's a little I crazy. Without a doubt, yes. Yeah. Why is the left hook he's the best? He's crazy. He's crazy, but what? I was, go ahead. You can finish about Mike Tyson. I got another question when you're done. Oh, I think, uh, I think yeah, he's, uh, I think he was a very hardworking trainer. He was crazy at times, uh, but he was a very, uh, I think he was a disciplined old school guy. He was a, he was a student of the art, and I love the new Mike Tyson even better though. The 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 new uh, the new and improved Mike Tyson now is such a he's just so much fun to watch and and the way he pick he he's so de self deprecating you know he'll just he just talks about what a shithead he was and I love watching him interviewed now. His honest. Hey, what do, what do you want to ask? I was going to ask why the left hook is the best punch. Uh, it's a because the 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 number one target in all of martial arts, the number one target without a doubt, is the chin. Okay, so and the closest to the chin is the left hand. And you can you can land a jab, but you don't commit. You don't you don't engage your hip. You just push the head back. But when you land the hook. You're actually giving your hip, you're engaging your hip, and you're landing it on the best target. That's the best target in, in, uh, in all of martial arts is the chin. So you can catch it, you can catch it the easiest with the left hook. Yeah, you can do a head kick, that's great. It's gonna take longer to get there. If you look at what most uh, knockouts happen with, it's gonna be the left hook. That's how Chuck Liddell knocked out Kevin Wenderman, right? With the left hook. Yeah, he and he—that was not his favorite punch. It was, <laughs> but I taught him the left hook and I worked with him a lot on it. Um, but his favorite was a straight right. Yeah, I was gonna say he was—he was always known for straight right. I was really surprised that you were saying left hook is the best punch. I thought it was gonna be probably the straight right. He knocked out Kevin Wenderman. Yeah, or maybe that like no. the jab. No, because no, no, because because. That's my favorite, and I teach all my fighters, but all my fighters have different skills, um, and they, I don't want them to be my favorite, you know, do me. I want them to be a better, the best version of them. So Chuck always liked that the best. So I wasn't going to, uh, you know, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want him to have to, I didn't want him to train to be like me. I wanted to be like him. So, you know, that's, I don't train my fighters to be like me. I improve on their skills. I like that a lot. I got one more question about fighting and, and training fighters. You're uh, very well known as a stand-up striker. Do you believe in teaching combinations, or do you kind of teach more like flow punching, like uh, almost, I don't know, like just go with the flow, you take what they give you, or do you believe in throwing solid combinations, going in with a set combination game plan, like I'm going to throw jab, cross, hook, cross or you know not 
that basically a combination, but do you believe in going in with combinations into a fight or do you just uh, go with the flow? Well, like depends because we, we always have a plan A and plan B um, and, and uh, we, we do takedowns as much as we do takedown defense um, and half of my fighters like standing better, half of my fighters like going to the ground better. So we train, we train the, gar the ground uh, and wrestling as much as we, we train striking, we always have. I just personally like striking better, but I am well aware of the fact that a lot of my fighters uh, like the ground better. So we spend a lot of time on takedowns. In fact, half of our class is uh, takedown and takedown take defense. Yeah, you really made it very clear that you really believe in takedown defense, especially when you're you're training all over. Even when you first started, you knew that that's what you guys needed to do to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't work as many I didn't work as many takedowns because I didn't really like them, and I, I thought they were a waste of time for me. But I've realized that a lot of my fighters come in with more of a wrestling background, or even get a wrestling background when they get there, because a lot of our training revolves around wrestling. Um, so I let them. Uh, so we, we, I drill them a lot, you know, so I'm not going to just be a stand-up gym. That's, that's pretty one-dimensional. Right. So we, I, I mix it up. Like I said, our, our drilling is about 50-50. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I like it better personally, but, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not um, naive or, or ignorant to the fact that, this is a this is MMA. It's not kickboxing, and it's not a street fight. My street my my street classes are are much more uh, stand up and defend defend the takedowns. Not as many takedowns. There are some because even I might run up against someone that has better stand up than I do. So I I'll, I'm gonna take that guy down. I'm not gonna fucking get the shit kicked out of me. Next thing you know, my fucking wife's fucking Troy. Uh, Troy's my neighbor. And if, uh, and I know that if, if if I get my ass whipped next day, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come home one day. And I'll be like, and the way I call Troy, he's like five acres away because we live on acreage. So I'd be he's he's a he's a horse vet. So if I come home one night and my wife's not home, I know if I just got my ass whipped, I know she's gonna be at Troy's house. <laughs> oh damn, that's that's a little rough to live that's with. That's a nightmare. <laughs> that's my fucking nightmare in life. Is that's, that that's what keeps me trained. Every time I hit the bag, that's why I hit the bag. God damn. How much are you still training? You're like 60 years old. Are you training hard still? Five days a week. Five God, days a week wow. like I always do. That's what my fighters train. I have the same schedule um, as my all my students, and including my fight team. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just – nothing's changed, man. I mean, I think, I think like lifting because my shoulders, I've been doing it so long – I don't like to fuck with my shoulders. I don't lift as much. Uh, um, I don't. And uh, other than that, nothing really changed. Like I do the same workouts my guys do, and uh, I pretty much keep. Like my top guys always beat me, but for my average, you know, uh, tw you know, thirty-year-old guys, twenty-some-year-old guys, you know, I can keep up with them. Um, but like I said, the high guy, my high-end guys, like uh, shit, no. But I couldn't. <laughs> Conditioning-wise, I don't think I could have kept up with a lot of those guys even when I was fucking in my 20s because I wasn't the big conditioning guy when I was in my 20s. 
I was the knockout guy. That's all I cared about. <laughs> but I always stayed in shape, you know. Right. But but now, yeah, I train five days a week. I have a you know a schedule. Um, I I I adhere to a really strict diet. Um, you know, I don't like I said, I don't drink. To, I don't abuse alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't uh, I don't do pot. I you know nothing against it. I just don't do it. What do you do for recovery? Do you do like ice baths or sauna or anything like that? No. No, I don't really, I don't like them. I don't believe in them. Um, I mean, I, I believe in if it makes someone feel good, that's great. But I don't believe they have a really physiological effect, a positive effect. I don't think they're bad or good, but, I, you know, I just think they're, I think they're really good for mental, uh, mental toughness and uh, shock value. Um, but to recover, I meditate twice a day, and I always do that. I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes each. Um, when I relax, uh, it's just I, I relax. So on my days off, I take my days off very seriously. And I think overtraining is, is a big problem with a lot of us. For some guys, for most guys, like 90% of the guys, probably like Ray, overtraining <laughs> is never a problem. Undertraining, so they need to train more. But for you know a lot of my fighters, overtraining is a problem because they just want to train so much harder because you know they got a fight come up so i got to pull them back and i do the same with me i pull myself back you know so when i relax i relax and that's my recovery is just uh and i i have cheat days where i'll have uh i'll have like some ice cream or something oh man i'm gonna have ice cream today today's my cheat day i trained seven hours today well i, I taught <laughs> i taught a bunch too but uh i trained about three hours today and i i was at the gym seven hours and I had a little ice cream today you deserve it, Cave Man. You, uh, know, you, you should. Hagen yeah. is the best. Oh, Hagen yeah. is the best. That's tough. I should never, ever, ever, a very important lesson for all my students um, and my fighters never, ever uh, cheat on your significant other. Ever. That's, that's like in, that's like in fucking, uh, that's carved in stone. You never cheat on your significant other. I like that, man. It's very deep. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nobody, nobody is allowed to cheat. They're off the team if they do. Wow. That's like some mafia stuff. Yeah. I got another. You're never, allowed to, you're never allowed to fight outside the gym unless they started it, somebody else started it. You never. I've kicked, I've kicked guys off the team for that. That's on, yeah, that's real right there. Seems like you have a lot of old, anyway. old school men. Old men school. Old school mentality, old school values. What do you think about that? Not the... really. Not really. Look at my. Okay, you want to talk about old school? My instructor spent 25 years in prison. He killed someone. He would beat the shit out of everyone, even yeah. if they looked at him wrong. He's from, you know, where I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii. So the old school back then was no, you beat the shit out of anyone who looks at you wrong. You should fight and you should <laughs> cheat on your woman. Damn. So it's not really old school. I think it's just the right school. Oh my God, that's a tweet. I'm gonna tweet that. I like that's a good tweet, dude. You should. It's not old school. It's the right school. Uh, that's really good, man. You should. I just came up with a new meme. <laughs> Heck yeah! And not only that, it's on the. I have it recorded, so when you you uh, put the tweet on, I'm yeah. be like, yeah, Hackleman tweeted this because of us, man. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram, Pit underscore Master. Pit underscore Master. Make sure you guys subscribe right now. Check it out. Oh yeah. And we got an online training program now where we promote from white to black belt. And somebody, like I did a podcast a couple weeks ago and somebody was saying, 
well, how, you know, it's kind of like a sellout or you're, you know, how do you, you know, it's like McDojo and this. And I go, my, my online program is tougher than 90% of the real dojos out there. Oh, damn. So you, you have to be in shape, but you don't, I don't give you the belt, but you can earn a belt and you don't have to live in Aurora Grande. How, how many people live in Aurora Grande? I'll tell you how many. 15,000. That's <laughs> it. So for me to reach more people that want to learn our system, Hawaiian Kempo, which is the best martial art in the world, without a doubt. Um, the only way to do it, if they live in, like, we have guys from, like, you know, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, uh, England and shit. The only way that, to train with me and learn our system is to, is to, uh, is to learn online. And people can learn anything online now. You can get your PhD online, you know? So it's kind of so like... You train hard. You train hard and you learn the stuff online. You're no more. You, you're you're gonna be just as in good a shape as somebody training in my dojo. That's you go a, to pit.tv for that. Pit.tv is where it's at. So that that seems pit. pretty TV. pretty similar to what the the Grace Academy was doing. Uh, Horian and it's 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 similar. It's similar. Um, it's different but similar. You yeah, should say it's it's, it's the it's, same thing, but it's better. It really works. <laughs> That's what you should say, man. That's. <laughs> For people that like my system, and there's more conditioning than there is in the Gracie one. And I've talked to the Gracie guys about theirs. I like the Gracie University. I love the Gracies, you know. Uh, but it's a different. It's a different mindset. It's a different mentality. We have a different philosophy. Ours is a little more, uh, you know, old school, hardcore mentality of a martial art. Um, we're a little more directed towards the street. Um, and we, you know, we don't, I don't have the Gracie, uh, you know, the guys that opened that, they got, they, they were bankrolled, you know, and that's great by their, you know, by their uncle and stuff. So that's great. I don't have, uh, I never had that, but, uh, it still works out really good. Awesome, man. So that's the, can you say it one more time? Where can you find that at? Uh, you, you just, you can go to the pit TV and just go to the store and it's the HK or you can go our, our, uh, our, um, our um, Facebook group is a killer. It's a HK3 system. HK3, the numeral three system. Awesome. Thing. And then uh, it's me and a guy named Master Wong who is unbelievable. Master, you ever hear of Master Wong? I have not heard of Master Wong. Master Wong has like 2.5, 2.6 million followers on, uh, in, on YouTube. And he's a self-defense guy. And we, we got together um, uh, online, and we ended up meeting in – he's from UK. He's from uh, England. And we ended up meeting in uh, in Florida just to go over some stuff and, and do some videos together and see how we clicked. And we clicked pretty damn good, and we started working together. And so it's this – it's HK, which is Hawaiian Kempo. It's basically the pit online. So he, you know, he's kind of helping me with some of the technical stuff online and stuff. And, you know, his, uh, his version of, uh, uh, self-defense. Um, so it's, it's working out pretty good. It's called, uh, yeah, HK three system and then, uh, Bing. But if you go to the pit, if you go to the pit TV, uh, all my programs are there. Awesome, man. We're going to send our listeners there, and we're going to tag it when we, we post this. That's a, a great yeah, system. Yeah, tell Ray he's better get up there and get, <laughs> get training and shit. Man, what's his what's his girlfriend's name? Charday. No, 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 tell it's him It's Charday. His girlfriend's name is Charday. 
That's not true, is it? It is true. <laughs> it's the truth. I swear to God. It's Chardet. It's not Chardet. a stage name. Yeah, Chardet. That's a real name. Okay. <laughs> I need to have a one-on-one talk with Chardet. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk because she needs to get, she needs to, like my wife does to me, my wife tells me, if like, if I want to take a day off or if I'm slacking at the gym or shit like that, she goes, Keep it up. I got Troy on speed dial. Oh, damn. <laughs> She's got Troy on speed dial. <laughs> damn. Do you need me? And, That's some scary shit right there. Do you need me and K-Man to handle Troy for you? Yeah, we'll take Troy out. and you, They won't know that no, you had anything no, to do with it. If I get out of shape, <laughs> if I get out of shape and I let someone fucking embarrass me, I deserve to have my wife fuck the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get... I deserve it. I asked for it. Oh, man. So, no, I, that makes me train harder. The impetus, that's what That's what my my motivation, that's what my, you know, that's what my, uh, my, my, my path is to train hard so my wife doesn't fuck the neighbor. And it's worked well for me up to now. Hey, K-Man, after this podcast, I'm going to be training every day now. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a blowjob. And then Wait, we're going to do an update where, and tell us. Do you us. even have a neighbor? Ray, do you have a neighbor? <laughs> yes. He lives in a city. He's got neighbors like on All top around. of him. <laughs> yeah. All oh around God. the house. <laughs> What's your neighbor's name? Uh, We got some guys across the street. I don't know their names, though. <laughs> okay. But well, let's just hope Charday doesn't have them on speed dial. <laughs> Charday probably knows their names. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's messed up. Oh I'm going to be, listen, after this podcast, yeah. I'm going to be training. Last time we, we trained, we, training. I'm telling you. we posted a video online with me and Ray, and Ray's like 100 pounds bigger than me, and I, I submitted him. So, uh, take, take, I'm going to send John the, I'm going to send it to him. Yeah, yeah. send me the picture. <laughs> send me a picture of Chardet. Oh. oh. Her, uh, no. Yeah, send me her, uh, no, because I want to let her know. That that Ray is going to be training, or she's going to be visiting the neighbor. <laughs> my my wife threatens me with that shit. Every, <laughs> you should be threatened with that, Ray. You'd be fucking train. You'll be you'll be trained like a motherfucker. You'd be like burpees and shit, and fucking hitting the bag and the like. Oh man, you'll be in such good shape. Raise You're me, gonna thank me someday. Raise me, kick my today. ass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank you. I'm gonna be like three months later. We're gonna do an update. We're gonna have you on again. I'm be like, oh, Ray got a six pack now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do a before picture tonight, and then give me a picture in three months. All right, I'm gonna take the before picture uh, when we leave here. And I'm gonna <laughs> post it in this podcast. So you gotta take your shirt off for this picture, okay. and then uh, we'll post it here. And we'll do one, and if we do the next podcast, three months. I'm gonna three take, months. Yeah, That's take another. All you need. Take another picture of Ray, and uh, if he's fatter. We're sending this to Chardet and uh, getting her to the neighbor's number. Okay, this is the deal. This, okay, we're making this deal right now. This will make him train harder. All right. We say, give me a picture right now of Ray, and then he's going to start training. And then if he's not in top shape within three months, give me a picture of Chardet. I'm going to put her on my Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. I love this. I'm going to do this as soon as we get off here. <laughs> thanks john i've been trying to motivate this guy for months i appreciate this thank you also for coming on man uh, this is a great place to uh to step out make sure you go to the pit.tv order up the system that's going to make ray not fat anymore and uh hey 
This picture coming up right now, that's Ray today. <laughs> Ray, you got to start training. Bro. We got nothing but love for you, man. That's why we want you to be the best Ray. Yep. Mr. Hackleman, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate having you on in the corner. All right. See you later, brother. See you guys. Right. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed your coffee. <laughs> Did you call him back? Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Dude, we're putting a picture of you in, in the podcast. You got to take your shirt off as soon as we're done here. Okay. All right. Let's get the music on so we can get out of here. That was a good one, man. Yeah, He's an awesome man. guy. He's really fun. He's way cooler than I thought. I thought he was going to hate us. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's awesome. He's our kind of guy. <laughs> Great guest. Oh, yeah. All right. Coming for the... Buffalo, New York. This is Caveman Corner. We are out of here. Free music on right. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. This is the worst out music. <laughs> That's what it says right on his phone. TV production. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. We out of here. All right. We're out. I can't believe we made fun of our beaches. I <laughs> know, right? Like those aren't even real beaches. <laughs> Uh, oh, that was a good one. That was really good. Chardet's yeah. going to be banging your neighbor in three months. <laughs> oh, no.